Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Today, a topic ripped from the headlines, domestic violence in sports. And joining us for this Lady Love Sports today, Jonathan Allen and Sophia Strother of the Avant-Garde Management Group. Let's go! Welcome to this Lady Love Sports Podcast with Pat Prescott. Sports, she knows it all and is here to talk about it. So get ready to hear sports talk in a way that you've never heard before. It's This Lady Loves Sports Podcast, and here's your host, Pat Prescott. This is Pat Prescott, and on this episode of This Lady Loves Sports, we're going to talk about a very serious subject, domestic violence. And I can't think of a better person to talk about it than someone who is very much involved because she is a survivor herself. She is a restoration strategist, a national advocate, an inspirational speaker and uh, she recently joined the avant-garde management group team as a regional coordinator and crisis management director of the south and new england territories working with nfl and nba professional athletes we know there is an issue in these communities and in in this field of work uh, just as we see really across society as a whole also joining us today from agm is jonathan allen who is in sports management there as well how you doing jonathan i'm doing well pat Good to, have, good to have you here today, along with the lovely Sophia Strother. How are you? I'm excellent. <laughs> I'm in Los Angeles with Pat Prescott. I'm excited. <laughs> now, tell us a little bit. You know, one of the things I like to do with this podcast really is to we explore people's love affair with sports, what it is they love about it. And we talk about the ins and outs of, uh, you know, the players, the the, the sports themselves and some of the side stories like the one that we are talking about today. And it certainly has been even more than a side story. It's been a front page story for so many athletes over the years. And we're going to talk about that and some of the really unique things that you are doing to help address these issues. But first, I want to get into with each one of you, um, your background, your involvement with, with sports and and how this has brought you to where you are today with this great mission. And we're going to start with you, Jonathan. Sure, sure. So my background, I'm I'm originally from Tennessee, Nashville, Tennessee. And in association with sports, I came from the player side of it. I played uh, college basketball at Pepperdine, which is what brought me out here to LA. So I was up in Malibu for a few years playing basketball there. And um, sports is in basketball specifically was what I knew. It's what I loved. Um, so I always wanted to be involved with it when I was done playing. So I went to the representation side to you know, get to work with these athletes that I, I was one of. I understand how they think. I understand what it takes to make it to that, you know, that next level. And, um, 
you know, I had a chance to to speak on their behalf of an understanding with them that not a lot of sports managers or sports agents have because I was a player myself. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I just wanted to to be involved in the industry that that brought so much to me and that I, that I loved and, and the people that, you know, I get along with. You know, once you're an athlete, you always kind of carry that with you. So uh, that's what I moved into to sports management and now represent our, our basketball and baseball players with AGM out of our Los Angeles office. And uh, we are we are always happy to partner with Sophia and the incredible things that she's doing. Um, and you're right, you know, there is a very a very big gap and, and a need for this conversation of athletics and, you know, domestic violence and, and intimacy relationship of violence. Um, sadly, that's an epidemic in the sports industry. You know, we see it a lot predominantly in the NFL, um, but the NBA is, an, is not an exception to it either. Um, so these conversations are necessary. So I think it's incredible the work that she does and, you know, the platform that you create in this space. Uh, so it's a special thing, and, and our agency is is extremely happy to align with it and um, create opportunities to address it. You know, a lot of it's it's a it's a difficult conversation because most of the time we're dealing with um, the reactions after the damage is done. Um, this is a proactive conversation that we're having right now, bringing awareness to it before it happens. Exactly, and I think that's a special thing. Yeah, and I think that also um, to to bring in someone who really is an expert, you know, having experienced this themselves, and who actually has an idea of how to bring people together. You know, I was uh, talking recently to Candy Lewis from the Positive Results Corporation, and this is one of the things that they're trying to do to instead of having an adversarial relationship between abusers and people who are being abused for us to really get together and to address some of the underlying issues and I'm sure that working in sports management that that you've probably seen a lot or I mean being in sport involved in sports yourself absolutely I mean, why do you think this happens so much I mean it's, it's difficult to say and you, and you don't even want to put an over you know a, a blanket statement of why it happens yeah, but I mean there's so many different yeah causes. every it's so different case to case but I mean it, it, it's there's a lot of pieces that go into it. A lot of things have to go extremely wrong for this to 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 be the result. You know the you know sports and athletics and competition is a highly testosterone environment, and um, you know we could even allude to the the lack of education that you know these athletes have, so that when they're handed this lifestyle of fame and money and and always being a celebrity wherever they go. Um, that attention is difficult to deal with, and the idea that you can you're kind of above anything, it's there's a lot that goes into it. You know? Yeah, there yeah. Really mo- is. Most people have never been taught no, about those things. No, either. absolutely. I mean, I like having been a player. When a kid in high school is identified as, oh yeah, that guy's going to go to the league, they're kind of steered in that direction, and that's kind of all they work on their entire life. And so, it's a different way that people treat you. That, oh, absolutely. That, that, that brings with it a sense of entitlement, absolutely. you know, that uh, that I'm sure spills over to that. But I know uh, Sophia knows everything about these things. <laughs> <laughs> Sophia's <laughs> over here biting her tongue, boy. She's just like, so, really? So, Sophia, t- talk to us a little bit about your story, which you have been so awesome to share and to use as a, a means to inspire other people and to let people know that there is hope. Yes, my story is that there is life after abuse and that in order to truly break a cycle, you have to be able to uh, engage the abuser and the abused. Um, it it kills me when um, people truly say, well, we're just 
truly going to focus on the abused. And um, I was actually talking with Lieutenant Griffith with the uh, Los Angeles Southwest Police Department on yesterday. And and I gave the scenario if you have a thousand uh, rapes that take place. And this is based on a, a true statistic out of the thousand rapes, only six of those will actually be um, brought to court, actually um, prosecuted, potentially convicted. So that means there's 994 predators that will go back out and potentially um, recommit a crime again. And we've never engaged those 994 individuals that will go out and do this again. And so have we really truly broke a cycle if all we're doing now is just working with the six women that have reported it or become known. Um, and so, again, being able to, in a non-judgmental, as, as much as it may seem like it's counterintuitive to do it in a non-judgmental way, how do we truly engage the abusers to where we can try to break a cycle, whether they've been exposed to trauma in their youth, which we do find that a lot of people that have been abused is because they were exposed to trauma in their youth, which he actually even brought up a scenario. By the time most women actually pick the phone up, especially African-American and Hispanics, which we know that they, they tend to be the larger group that are actually involved in domestic violence instances. There have been abused five to 10 times before they actually pick that phone up. They may have children that are in those homes that have been exposed to that lifestyle. So by the time that they pick the phone up, they have a generation potentially of children that have been exposed that now they feel that that's how that they deal with um, conflict. So they're not even being taught how to actually have healthy conflict resolution in their home. So they think that if they get into now an argument, 15, 16, 17 year olds, which again, Candy Lewis, as you said, with Positive Results Corporation, dealing with teen dating violence, they think that that's the way you do it. You go upside her head or y'all gonna fight. And females fight boys too. It's not just boys fighting girls. They feel that that's the healthy, normal way. So let's take athletes now. We're, we're dealing with athletes. Like everything's built on, especially in, in the NFL, going upside folks' head. You know, when, when you're on the field, do. Uh, when you're on the field, we, we if we're being real, we talking smack on the field. But we sitting at the line, you know, we, we on the line. I'm eyeballing you soon as the count go and the snap is in. I'm about to go. I'm getting you like it's on my mind. I'm cussing you out already. Soon as the snap is, I'm going across if I'm going to knock you out. There is no love there. Listen, this no is just what it is. <laughs> you know, the whole game is built on the violence yeah. of it all. It's built on competition. Even in the NBA, we all talk and smack, you know, even when you cross over and we get into now we're adults, let's say we've grown up in the hood. We know the majority of players in the NBA and the NFL are African-American players coming from a lifestyle of primarily poverty where they've seen trauma in their neighborhoods. They may have had single family homes. They may have had it to where their parents were incarcerated or you've had parents on drugs or you're raised by grandparents or other relatives. Now they're in a lifestyle they own millions of dollars they've had coaches pimp them out schools pimp them out agents pimp them out and i'm just being real now we're in an environment where you got women throwing themselves and and i'm not saying they purposely put themselves in predicaments but women throwing themselves 
at them 24 hours a day. And sometimes we and we expect we to, them we, we have without to being that. taught <laughs> how to have proper healthy coping skills, how to have conflict resolution skills, how to know how to um, be able to decipher positive peers to be around, how to not again do certain drugs and deal with mental health issues properly instead of self-medicating and you know all of the things that you would think would be the normal healthy way of dealing with things they haven't been exposed to because just as Jonathan said their main focus was I got to get my mom and them a house and I'm talking Ebonics it's just just, just what we what, this is where we at mom and them need a house so this is how mom and them gonna get a house I got to play so everything else that comes with that I just got to play and then once I get there oh my girlfriend's gonna act up Oh, this this what we're going to do. I'm going to go upside. Don't tell nobody, though. Like, so after it's already done, after I've already went upside ahead, you can't tell nobody. No, you know, I'm going to buy you this. You, this can't get out. Or again, you know, I got a side piece or, you know, I got three, four women in the house. She won't leave in town. So I'm going to go up. There's just so many things that happen that they don't even think about until it's already too late. So where Sophia comes in is how can we do two things? How do we deal with rookies when they come into the league? Someone that's been there, done it as a survivor. I'm a healthy survivor because not all survivors can do what I do with AGM. A healthy, real survivor can come in and deal with these rookies and talk the language that they talk. I'm trying to tell you no woman is worth you losing your career. I'm telling you this. I'm telling you that if you go out with a female and she's had a drink, leave that alone. I'm telling you that the people that you keep can cost you your future. I'm telling you certain things that I don't want to keep you in an office and do a therapy session. Let's go out in your environment. I'll come to your house. Let's talk through where you've come from. Some of the heavy weights that are on your shoulder about your mom and, and 15 aunts and uncles that came out the woodworks and all 20 of your cousins. And let's talk real and how that's really going to influence some of the decisions you make. But also let's talk about where do you want to be two, three, four, five years from now. And again, when you go out for the night and you getting high and drunk, let's talk real. This is like how I'm dealing with rookies where again, your coach is just worried about you being out on the field and you know, they're not going to take that extra time because they're expecting you're a professional. Now you sign a contract. You just need to be where you need to be. And then when I deal with veterans, again, they've already been in the game, but maybe you've been alleged of having some behavior that's questionable. Maybe you've actually been alleged of being in a domestic violence situation or sexual assault and everybody's kind of given up on you. But again, there's a such thing as restoration. There is the opportunity for you to course correct and change behavior. And there has to be, that's where the partial of the Christian piece of me is, I can't just give up. Because if that's the case, then how do I how do I break a cycle if I feel like once you've done this act, then there's no hope for you? That can't be the case. So how do we have I have a philosophy with learning to exhale, which is the restoration company that I created. There's a philosophy, a three step process that how do we get you to where you don't continue to have these destructive um, behaviors and or actions that continue to have you denigrate women and yourself? So that's where then we work with athletes that might have been in situations that are not healthy to themselves or others so that we don't go down this road again. And again, it's in a non-traditional way to where, again, we can all be realists with one another that people can be restored from these actions, but they have to take it seriously and they have to take accountability. And that's the first part, 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 
part of this, excuse me, is that they have to take accountability. It can't be, well, you know, because she did this and because society and it's because the man and, you know, you, you get some athletes, it's everybody but them. I can't work with you on that. I need you to realize that you have to take it. Well, you know, my mama and uh, no, sir. No, yes. it's like the twelve-step program. Right, I mean, you, you know, have we, to we take start with we start with saying right. I got a problem, and it might be that you had some traumas. It, there might be that there was some other issues, and I I get that. But we also have to realize that you didn't have to put your hands on her. I, I do need you to realize you didn't have to go and get drunk and get high and do X, Y, and Z. But what I need you to realize is that you don't have to continue to do that, and that if it was some of the traumas in your past, okay, let's work with that now. Now that we realize that let's actually get some constructive um, therapy or let's do some things so that now you can actually deal with that so you're not self-medicating maybe you are bipolar and you never dealt with that so let's now actually do some things to work with that and move forward yeah to find out what those things are now Jonathan from where you sit as somebody who's working in management how big is this problem is this something that that you find that for your agency, clearly you've seen that. I mean, that you since you've partnered with Sophia and brought her into the fold to actually deal with this. This is a big enough issue to make it a major initiative, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Um, which is part of the reason why we created within our agency our crisis management our crisis management division, so that, like I said, reactionary. We're dealing with athletes that are going through that. We have a couple of them within that division right now. Um, to help them navigate, and that's kind of what Sophia heads up and, and helps them sift through the process of recovering, dealing with it, and then moving on. Um, but the piece that's that's most important would be complete avoidance, which would entail getting them as rookies or getting them before the instances occur and letting them know the things to look out for and how to act in certain situations if they're out um, and a girl approaches them or, or, or they're in a, they're in a situation where they're frustrated with their girlfriend. Um, we would love to give them all the tools to deal with that, which is, which is great, you know, in, in theory, but the difficulty is making them stick to that in the heat of the moment when we're not there with them. So it's important really creating and giving them tools to deal with it beforehand so that everyone is on the same page, their agent, their manager, um, the people that they run with, People like Sophia, we're all on the same page of, all right, this, this is the tool that we want to make sure we give you within our agency. Um, so that's where we want to be thorough and a holistic agency where we're really looking out for them from not only their careers on their their sport, whatever that may be, but their lives, their families, their their money, every, every, every level that their career is going to run into that we want to make sure we have something set in place where they have the resources where it's taken care of. Exactly. And then, so how long have you all had been in this arrangement uh, with you working, doing these seminars and, and working with young people? Well, I've be? actually been doing what I have been doing, probably not with them, but for probably over 10 years. But this uh, relationship formed um, this past July and it formed because I, I've been hosting for about seven years now an event called Juneteenth Family Fun Day in Waco, Texas. It draws about 5,000 and it's geared toward um, bringing attention obviously to African American accomplishments, but there's an underlying story about 
promoting domestic violence in uh, a campaign we have called Get Loud, Get Out. Uh, and uh, Marlon Miller, who is also uh, on the AGM team, um, he actually heard about some of what I was doing. He was like, oh, my gosh, you have such a non-traditional way of uh, reaching out with your message uh, with survivors. I think it would be a great asset. And he had a particular particular client that he wanted me to reach out to and my whole thing is I'm about saving lives I mean I I unfortunately fell victim to losing my innocence at nine at the hands of my father um, who's my first predator and then my mom trafficked me um, for drugs after he passed away at nine um, and then I succumbed to being a parent um, by one of her dealers at the age of 14 and so I have been in a cycle of habitual sexual assault since the age of, a ni- of nine and then in domestic violent relationships as a result and so um, from from my standpoint my only mission is to save lives no matter how I need to do that I'm going to do that and when he told me about this particular young man and I actually went to his home and met with him and I told him I said my only goal is for you to be healthy and so I need to have it to where you're going to be real and honest with me and I will do that. And I originally started this relationship was pro bono. It wasn't about money. It wasn't a contract. This was on my own dime. I just was like, okay, what do we need to do? This is your ministry. This was literally, (laughs) Mm -hmm. this is what we need to do. And you see this young man that literally, this was someone that came literally from a a broken background that kind of got thrust into this limelight and didn't really have any type of um, structure to say you doing too much like sit down somewhere like he needed one of those you need to just sit down somewhere sit down somewhere do you realize in an instant you just de- you can destroy your future in an instant and then take somebody's life in the meantime like the totality of the decisions that these young men are making that they don't realize in a moment of them thinking they're having fun And it's not fun. And when you think about the statistics that every nine seconds, the whole time that we've been doing this interview, that literally over 30 women would have been beaten or how many women would have died in the process of this interview alone. It's not a game like the clock is ticking on lives. And when you have to drop the seriousness to these young men and women, because women also abuse, that's when you realize by any means necessary this work has to get done and if that means that I have to unveil my truth if that means I have to be transparent I I just recently did a Facebook live that said I had sex for survival like that was my means when I was trafficked it was just how I had to survive and there's no way that I now at almost 40 can be shamed for that it took me till I was 38 to realize I was valuable like what happens to us younger can take 20 to 30 years to recover. It takes decades to actually recover from what happens. And that's why we don't have time for games. Like when you get into this life, we don't have time to play games. So when you have uh, an entity like AGM that comes to me and says, Hey, we have an avenue for you to touch some individuals' lives on this level. Of course I'm going to say yes. And money wasn't the first thing. We st- I didn't even talk 
contract. We three months into the game before I even said, okay, so what are we talking about? <laughs> like cover transportation so I can get to them. It wasn't even about making money. It was about how do I touch these young men's lives because they touched lives and they really touched millions of lives that watched them every day. And that's what I was getting at. How can they be an example for all of the fans that they have? How can they now do events where they show up and they can now stand? And even as uh, Candy Lewis, when we, you were just talking about her, and she has her campaign and we were just talking about men really needing to stand with us. Like it's one thing for all us ladies to talk about. You need to respect us. You need to know that, you know, we have value. We have worth. But it's not until men, you know, men still have a, a clout and air and power about them that when they stand with us, it really says something. Not to say that we don't have power. Don't get me wrong. But when we stand together as men and women, it really says a lot, especially in sports. Sports, as we well see, that if we stand together in in the sports realm, it says a whole lot. So when we start getting athletes to have the courage to stand with women on this particular issue, issue which is really touchy when it comes to sexual assault and domestic violence, it's going to say a whole lot because it took a whole lot for them to just do racial Injustice, you know, that was touchy just in and of itself. As we saw, there was a huge fallout in NFL. It still is. And it's ongoing. <laughs> but just think if yeah. we could stand together to say enough is enough when it comes to domestic violence and sexual assault, it's really going to be something else. Yeah. And, you know, it's a problem that's not um, in any one corner. I mean, it's, it's not, you know, and if we don't get to the root causes of it and and really get some kind of dialogue going, I mean, you know, with any issue that exists, if we can't get dialogue going on both sides, that's not going to work. I would imagine, too, for you, Jonathan, when you look at it just as someone who's uh, in, in sports management, this is it's good business, isn't it? It really is. Um just because when you're when you're talking about circumstances like this, you're really dealing with kids at their core and their foundation. And to, to go back to your your very first question is is kind of what you know makes this start. It's a crack in the foundation. And for us as an agency, and for me personally, to be able to step into these players' lives and make them better, better at their sport, better their careers, better, but also them better people. That's what it's all about for me, you know, to, to see guys that look like me and, you know, do what I did and used to love doing mm -hmm. and at the next level and being incredible people and handling that limelight with so much elegance and grace. You know, that's that's a really cool thing to to, to be a part of. And, you know, it makes me see that I'm in the business of mentorship and making people better and athletes better I, w I would imagine too that you've seen some breakthroughs and seen some things that really inspire and motivate you to continue to do this this really difficult work i have and pat while john was talking i said let's let's be honest if one in three women and one in four men have been in physically abusive relationships that means almost all the athletes in some capacity have seen their parents in violent relationships. So that means almost all of the athletes that we end up touching are actually very familiar with this topic. So it's not like it's a foreign topic yeah. for them to even touch or want to address. Right. So like when you say it must be good for business, it's actually familiar for business. It must be, and, and, and it's almost probably, 
it can be it can be hard or therapeutic for business for them to touch, but it should be like an easy win for them to tap into because literally almost every other athlete has been exposed to this in some capacity, whether it's their own parents, whether it's an aunt or uncle, whether it's a sibling, you can literally say it has touched almost every other athlete that we talk about every single day. If you just ask them, do you know somebody? They would say, yes, I know somebody that has been abused. Um, And so when I think about how staggering that is, that in and of itself makes it to where we have to continue to have these conversations. Exactly. You know, and then these relationships are about power anyway. Mm -hmm. And and that power power is created, as you mentioned, Jonathan, for very young people, really inexperienced with. I mean, they don't know anything about handling money. Everybody that's around them is, as you mentioned, a predator themselves Mm -hmm. you know trying to suck the life out of them and and get something from them i I think it's commendable that a management agency understands the importance of something like this important enough to actually bring someone into the fold who will deal with this and who will deal with it in in a really straightforward honest manner uh, to get some results from that and it's rare now what i can say is very rare about this partnership is It's very proactive. Now, it's common to bring in something to deal with crisis management because, you know, you're going to have players that's going to be silly. I mean, it's just it's a part of the game. Like, this is just what it is you're going to deal with. Potentially, you never know what's going to happen with athletes. They're athletes, just like any other profession uh, in the corporate realm. But what is rare is the proactive awareness campaign piece of things, Um, just like when you have Allstate with the Purple Purse or you have other brands that do more. more of an awareness campaign all year round. Um, so this is the piece that I think I'm most excited about. And yes, there have been breakthroughs in the sense to where we have some great partnerships that come out of this. And one of which is even this month um, in October, we are partnering with UCLA here in Los Angeles to host a Learning to Exhale Symposium on October 29th from 6 to 8. And we're bringing some very powerful uh, survivors into town. Carolyn Thomas, who was actually dubbed by People Magazine as the woman without a face, due to her domestic violence scenario, she actually had her ex-boyfriend that shot her point-blank range in the face and then killed her mother. And she was featured on the Oprah Winfrey Network and Discovery Channel actually followed her reconstructive surgery. She'll be joining me. She's a cast on my docu-reality series called Our Journey Alive. We'll be doing a screening of that pilot episode that we filmed with a high school audiovisual department and I purposely wanted to have them film my pilot I thought that I really wanted to try and bridge teenagers Uh, one of the things that we fail to do sometimes we think it's an adult issue and it's not you know and I really wanted them to be a part so it's not top-notch quality but it's quality for them to learn about this experience and so we'll have a panel with her and we got Silk Littlejohn who also had a very horrific experience but the reason that I choose to have the dynamic of someone that had a horrific visual domestic violent um, episode and then myself that I don't have the physical uh, remnant of mine is because I want people to see the dynamic of the difference because I don't look like what I've been through but that doesn't mean I haven't been through and so I always like to tell the tale of 
two stories because sometimes again we always think that just because I you can't see my scars it doesn't mean that there isn't but then there's also the reminder that there are the scars that you can't get if you don't get loud and get out um, so again that's going to be a very powerful um, forum that we will have with the screening and then a panel um, Deborah Nixon um, Bowles will be there she just got a hundred thousand dollars donated from Mark Cuban with the Dallas Mavericks she has woman called Moses she'll be coming up from Texas it's going to be a powerful event on the 29th and we welcome yourself and others to come and join us for that partnership but um, that is also something that AGM is sponsoring um, alongside um, our nonprofit empowerment driven by knowledge coalition so again it's just a lot of things that we have that this partnership is just alluding for us to just doing continual awareness um, throughout the year so it's not just the October month because we oh, know no domestic question. violence is every day all day <laughs> every day mm-hmm. all day and uh, where can people find out more information uh, about this initiative if people are interested in the empowerment seminars uh, or whatever do yes. you do those on a regular basis yes so of the, course you do yes honey <laughs> yes so uh learning to exhale we do the learning to exhale symposiums and then we also do um one thing i, I was sexually harassed in church and this is something that i hold near and dear to my heart that bless 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 the lord you know the church can mean well amen but they're not always guided and trained on how to handle situations of domestic violence or sexual assault. Yeah, they don't come from heaven every Sunday. They come from their house. That's absolutely accurate. Mm. And so some things that tend to confuse me is that you want people trained in the pulpit, but you don't want to be trained when we're dealing with issues of domestic violence, sexual assault, or mental health. So what I did in my hurt was I created a curriculum called Creating a Safe Zone Within the Church. And so it it basically allows for them to create family support teams that get it's an introductory three hour training that we do little half days. And then you're able to then get, you know, two or three folks that you can actually go and get trained to deal with individuals that come in to your congregation or within your community because you're supposed to be serving your community anyway. And so we do those trainings as well all over the the United States. And so you can go to SophiaStrother.com and that's um, Sophia, S-O-P-H-I-A, Strother, S-T-R-O-T-H-E-R.com. You can also Google um, Learning to Exhale Symposiums and we we host those all over the U.S. as well. And so we do customized trainings on any of those topics for restoration strategies and will come speak and do all kinds of things to just help break the cycle of abuse. Well, I have a feeling you'll be coming back and doing more conversations with us for this Lady Love Sports and <laughs> and for the wave and for everything else because I just love what you're doing and I just love the partnership that you guys have, Jonathan. Uh, really, really admire you guys for having the initiative to do that and for you, my sister, for just being brave enough to share your story with the rest of us and to Thank inspire you. us in the process. Thank you so much, Pat. It's been great talking to you today. Yes, and I can't wait to see you on the 29th <laughs> at UCLA. It's going to be fabulous. Looking forward to seeing you. Thank you. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.